Hello, is this the feed? No, this is Patrick. Hello, is this the feed? No, this is Patrick. You're listening to The Feed. Welcome to this semester's first episode of The Feed. My name is Marcus Penner. I'm joined by Wyatt, and today we are talking... Conspiracy Theories! Take two. Take two. Uh, I think the government found out that we were talking conspiracy theories, and uh, they messed up some of our technical bits. Yeah, a little bit of technical difficulties there, but we can brush right past that. So, what are conspiracies? And who are these conspiracy theorists? It could be anyone from any status that believes in the unexplainable. But where did they all start from? For more on the history of conspiracies, we sent Bob on the hunt for the truth. Hey guys, so before we jump into various conspiracies, I thought it was going to be kind of cool um, and important to understand a little bit more about them and their past. So when did conspiracies really take off and what type of people are prone to seeking them out over the conventional truth? Here's what I found out. For many of us, conspiracies are something funny that we've grown up hearing about. Whether it's aliens, government secrets, or scientific alternatives, we've all heard about people that genuinely believe the truth is a secret to most. To find out more on the history of conspiracies, I reached out to Susan Rain, a sociologist and professor at McEwen University who studies conspiracies and how they evolve. First, we wanted to find out when conspiracies really started gaining traction. One of the earliest conspiracies that captured audiences everywhere began around 60 years ago. One of the key initiators of conspiratorial thinking in the contemporary era um, was the assassination of JFK in the 1960s. Also, Watergate, so the um, Republican infiltration of Democratic offices at the Watergate building in Washington, and the Nixon administration's cover-up support to the idea that sometimes institutions and individuals do lie, they do cover up their activities and they do manipulate appearances. With reason to distrust the conventional authorities of truth, some people began conducting their own theories and developing alternative truths that contrasted that of the government. Just like that, the modern conspiracies we recognize today started to emerge. I wanted to know a little bit more about the type of people that engage in this behavior. Susan Rain has a theory. Some research has indicated that people with lower level of education, people that feel socially marginalized for a number of different reasons. Uh, people who feel like they have no control or power with their own, within their own lives. These are contributing factors in at least some cases to a belief in conspiratorial narratives. Obviously, things have changed a lot in the decades since the earliest conspiracies. Now, with the internet allowing the spread of information, conspiracists have a unique opportunity to receive and spread information. And so general term for this is the democratization of knowledge that occurs online. Greater numbers of people have access to knowledge, but not all the information is equal. With the internet, the super conspiracies have proliferated they've become more common. So I think a lot of people, they start off questions about one, but then it leads them to others. In 2019, you'd be surprised how many people actually believe in conspiracies. But it's something like 65 or 66% of the population believes in 
some kind of conspiracy or another. Whether it's religion, science, government, or any other aspect of your life, people from all faucets of life can engage in easily talk conspiracy. Without doubt, you can dig and find more history on conspiracy theories, even alternatives to what I said. But this has been one take on the truth of the emergence of conspiracy. Very crazy stuff, especially that part um, the, with the stat that some 65% of people believe in some form of conspiracy. It, it just totally blew my mind. Uh, what do you guys think? Distrust of the conventional truth. Wyatt, do you actually believe 65% of people believe in conspiracies? Oh, heck yeah. I believe in conspiracies. Someone else in here has to. I don't even believe we landed on the moon. You don't believe we landed on the moon? That's like one of the most popular conspiracy theories. <laughs> and you know what? We actually sent Coop out to take a deeper dive into that, and I really hope the moon landing is real, because I want to go to space. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, we can't talk conspiracies without bringing up the moon landing. Do you know that 28% of Russians still don't believe that the Americans went to the moon? And actually, the Russian government wants to go back to prove whether or not it actually happened. I was skeptical, but I did a lot of research, and I talked to some experts, and I can honestly say I am no longer skeptical. Hi, everybody. What I'd like to talk about for a few minutes today is the, uh, uh, is the so-called moon hoax, the, uh, the belief that we never actually landed on the moon. It's been nearly 50 years since the Apollo 11 mission landed the first human beings on the moon. It's been nearly 50 years since astronaut Neil Armstrong took his famous first step onto the lunar surface, speaking the words, That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. But not everyone believes he did that. Serious? Basketball superstar Steph Curry is 100% serious. Have we ever been to the moon? No. No. They're going to come get us. I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to start you Maybe on the moon. You don't think so? Mm-mm. A 1999 Gallup poll found that only 6% of Americans doubted the Apollo 11 moon landing. But as the 21st century brought a rise in internet use and a different standard of truth in media, that number has risen. Opinion polls taken in various locations have shown that between 6 and 20% of Americans now believe that the manned landings were faked. I had the chance to speak with Chris Hurd, who is a professor in the U of A's Department of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences and the curator of the U of A's meteorite collection. You can add Chris to the list of experts who believe humans have been to the moon. Oh, there's no doubt in my mind. What's Chris's first response when approached by skeptics? Uh, the rocks don't lie. There's a whole educational set of samples that I've borrowed a couple times from NASA and uh, and looked at that are, have representative pieces of the moon from the Apollo missions. Those rocks are unlike anything that we have on the Earth. There is absolutely no trace of any kind of alteration by water. They come from an environment that is basically bone dry. Well, what about the fact that there's no stars in the background of NASA's photos? The moon itself is very reflective. It's very bright. I mean, we see that ourselves when we look in the sky. It's a matter of contrast. In order to actually see the moon without it being completely washed out, the stars in the sky are really faint. So all the photos that we're taking can't see stars in the sky. Right now, there's an orbiter called the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter with a really high high-powered camera on board that's been taking images of the lunar surface and you can see all of the Apollo landing sites. The most recent ones are absolutely spectacular. You can see the footprints, like the, not the individual footprints, but you can see the foot tracks from the Apollo astronauts. Bruh, you're telling me they got pics of footprints on the moon and all them moon rocks? 
If you don't believe we went there, then you wildin'. Soviet Union was able to put robotic landers on the moon. The U.S. put people on the moon in 1969. Well, there you have it. It's a cold, hard fact. I learned a lot and I had a good time interviewing Chris. He's the principal director of the U of A's Institute for Space Science, Exploration, and Technology, where he takes part in detailed studies of various meteorite types and they have the curation and handling of pristine planetary materials, as he mentioned, even the NASA samples of the moon rocks, which is pretty crazy. But what's even crazier is that up to 20% of Americans still don't believe that uh, we went to the moon. That's America for you. Well, you know what? You convinced me the moon landing is real. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Sticking with that space theme, uh, Marcus, I know you took a look into whether or not aliens and UFOs are real. Yes, so I have a friend who is beyond convinced that he saw an alien UFO. And you know what? He's, he's an okay guy, but uh, what he told me is just pretty wow. So let's take a listen. Aliens from science fiction have always been a big debate among the believers and the non-believers. Most of the believers claiming that intelligent extraterrestrial life lives and abducts humans on Earth. Alberta has become known as a bit of a UFO hotspot for many. The town of St. Paul, Alberta went as far as to build a UFO landing pad for these ET visitors in the 1960s, and later a whole tourist gallery of alien-related trinkets. The Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON, has described areas like the Edson and Hinton area as a hotspot for UFO traffic with many sightings taking place around there. I had the chance to speak with Ryan Hedgebaker, who does live in this rural area, and speak about his experiences with UFOs. My name's Ryan Hedgebaker. I had uh, just kind of an experience. I was outside. It was late. I was going for a walk. Usually I, I would know if it was a satellite or a plane or anything. I don't know. But it wasn't. I just looked over in the sky and there's some clouds and stuff and I saw like a little light behind it. But then they moved and there was literally just a still object that wasn't too far away, but like it wasn't right up close either. It was a literal UFO. It was, I could not identify the shape of it, nothing. It, it was a different shape than anything I've ever seen in my life. And it was just sitting there still. A lot of people might say this is a drone, but it wasn't a drone because they were just like way too big to be that. It, it, it was just sitting there. And then at one point it like blinked and then clouds came by again. And I could, I was still trying to look for it, couldn't see it. And it was just, it was gone. I kept asking myself, like, did I just see, like, a UFO? Because I, I'd never seen nothing like it in my life. Ryan's not alone in the sightings, as many Albertans have seen and recorded UFOs. Many of these can be found on YouTube and easily discredited within the first 10 seconds of watching it. But some of them will still leave you a little bit shaken. I'm Marcus Penner. This has been UFOs on the Feed. Aliens, UFOs, do you believe now, Wyatt? You know what? You, you've, you've swung me. I believe. I didn't know that uh, St. Paul had a UFO landing strip. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What about your friend? Do you believe him? You know what? I believe him, and I think the Illuminati is hiding the aliens. <laughs> so it all comes back to the Illuminati. Always. So, and uh, Ian. Yes. You delve a little bit into the Illuminati. I did. Well, you know, I think at some point everyone 
they always have that that sort of bit of curiosity as to why things happen a certain way. You know, maybe you call it luck, maybe it's coincidence, or the old phrase or the old common saying that things happen for a reason. Some believe that there's a little bit more behind it than just that. The Illuminati dates back as far as 600 years. The original movement reached France and eventually made its way back to America. Many influential figures, such as politicians in the 1700s, counted themselves as original members of the Illuminati, such as Ferdinand of Brunswick, Xavier von Zwack, and literary men such as Johann Wolfgang Goethe and Johann Gottfried Herder, and even high-appointing dukes in Germany. The most closely associated group of the Illuminati was a quick-lived movement of Republican free thinkers founded in 1776. The goal of the group was to create a secret surveillance based off of an internal discipline model. Members of this organization reached politicians, astronomers, writers, and philosophers, people who had significant influence on society. Fast forward 300 plus years, and many of the current fraternal organizations that claim to believe in the Illuminati also claim to be descendants of this group, which was known as the Bavarian Illuminati. Since then, those organizations have disbanded publicly, but there are some who believe a secret society still exists. One local Edmonton resident is a firm believer in the group and suggests that he has evidence to support his claim. Oh, 100%. They have like the Fox News and every news station in like America is playing the exact same story. Kind of like that, but uh, on like a global scale. He believes that the world's wealthiest 1% play a heavy role in the Illuminati. Of how everyone kind of has their hands in the pots for certain things. Extremely rich people kind of control and run the world and pretty much to their means. The biggest belief about the Illuminati is that they have members such as the Rockefellers, former U.S. Secretary of Defense Harry Kissinger, former U.S. President George H.W. Bush, all the way to the Queen and most celebrities. In fact, there is belief amongst some that almost every celebrity in the world today is a member with the strong influence pop culture plays on the world. The most common belief is that Jay-Z and Beyonce are currently the biggest members of the Illuminati. Some people go as far as to say that the Illuminati isn't as secret as we think. They believe that a triangle symbol with an eye are true symbols of the Illuminati and suggest that if you look hard enough, you will see these symbols in everyday life. Oh yeah, like you got you got the pyramid with the eyeball. Uh, like even like most religious things too, like crosses, stuff like that, I kind of associate with that too. The biggest belief amongst Illuminati believers is that the secret organization is attempting to form a new world order. In a December study, 28% of American voters believe that there was a secret group of the elite who are running with a global agenda and conspiring to rule the world through an authoritarian global government. Regardless of what you believe, the evidence brought forward by believers is something to analyze and make you wonder, is there an Illuminati out there? So it's very, very clear that there are some people out there who truly believe in the Illuminati. Given the fact that it was kind of an organization that existed, you know, 600 years ago, it's not completely undeniable to think that maybe there's still an organization out there. And no, I was, I, I actually tried to pull some Nate students to see if they believed in it. I kind of didn't get a whole lot of answers. I either got laughed at or they seemed a little bit too scared to answer. So I don't know what that means exactly. But. Yeah. Once you start walking up to people and asking about conspiracy theories, they get a little weirded out. I thought it was really interesting. I didn't know it started all the way back in the 1700s. Yeah. Like that, they might be the original conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've seen it by, teased by celebrities for years. Like even the Simpsons made light of it and everything they do comes true. And now if I had to guess one thing that the Illuminati was hiding, I would say weather control. Weather control. And that's where I step in with my conspiracy theory. It's no secret that storms have intensified over the years, and we see more Category 5 hurricanes now than ever before. Science points towards climate change and increased ocean temperatures causing the stronger storms, but that isn't the only hypothesis out there. What if conspiracies that the government is pulling the strings are true? 
Do you trust the powers that be? The government has been believed to be behind most of today's conspiracies. One of the biggest conspiracies is the government's ability to control and alter our weather. Everything from hailstorms to hurricanes, there are a large amount of people out there who believe that our weather is predetermined for us. Irma is now the strongest hurricane to ever plow into the Leeward Islands. Maxi Tornado coming into Piedmont. Piedmont, Piedmont, get out of the way. Get below ground right now. It's bringing with her all kinds of problems. Buildings have collapsed. To take a deeper dive into whether or not the government can control the weather, I asked CTV Edmonton's meteorologist Josh Clausen his thoughts on the topic. Can the government make it plus three tomorrow instead of minus ten? No, but can humans uh, act to mitigate storms? Yeah, in small ways we can uh, have a little bit of a role in that. One of the ways humans can affect weather is with a process called cloud seeding, which is a type of weather modification that aims to change the amount of precipitation that falls from clouds by dispersing substances into the air that serve as condensation speeding up the process. The Alberta Hail Modification Project that uh, they run every year, where if they notice that there's a big storm that's coming, that they think it's going to drop sizable hail, they'll send the clouds to planes out. I mean, you can track them. They will go out. They'll seed the clouds. While still searching for the truth on whether or not the government can control our weather, I asked Josh what he thought of the conspiracies. Every conspiracy is always a little grain of truth, and so... There is a, it's a little nugget of truth even in some of the, uh, the more outlandish weather control and weather manipulation uh, conspiracies, but most of them are, uh, are just good for a laugh. Josh's answer, while concise, made me suspicious of him. Could it be that even our meteorologists are a part of the conspiracy? There is only one way to know for sure, so I asked him. If I had a way, Wyatt, to change the weather... I would live in a much larger house. Clearly more answers are still needed. And if this is a government conspiracy, we may never know. So the next time you see a hurricane, flood, or any other weather disaster, I want you to think to yourself, is this a natural disaster, or are there other forces at work? So what do you think, Marcus? Is everyone to blame for climate change and stronger storms? Or is the government really behind all of it? Can science be right again? Does this conspiracy hold its own weight in your mind? You know what? Uh, After listening to a guy I watch on the news every morning, uh, I can't can't get behind it. I can't disagree with Josh Clausen. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) All right. Uh, But now for our last and maybe our most outlandish... Of conspiracies we go to brandon in the south lobby hey wyatt so i have a friend a close friend he is a self-proclaimed conspiracy expert and i talked to him a bit and he gave me some information he gave me some youtube videos and i delved deep into this conspiracy theory of 5g waves You may be familiar with 5G as a form of Wi-Fi or data network. However, in the dark depths of internet conspiracies, 5G is possibly the world's best kept secret and most dangerous weapon. 
conspiracy expert Xavier Francisco spoke regarding 5G and the dangers it plays. 5G waves um, are something that's bad for you. It can radiate your body and act kind of as a microwave. Francisco cites using the internet as his primary source of learning about 5G waves. I learned about the dangers of 5G waves through um, researchers on YouTube. The question I want to answer is, is 5G technology more dangerous than 2, 3, and 4G? Short answer is yes. Despite the fact that 5G waves cause rampant radiation, throughout the human body through exposure such as simply by having a cell phone in your pocket. 5G that uses between 24 and 90 gigahertz. 90 gigahertz, to put that in perspective, is basically 90 billion electromagnetic waves hitting the cells in your body every second. It's much more um, radiation than what we're naturally exposed to. 5G waves radiate the human body at a rate that is almost at a military level. There's a U.S. US military has a crowd control microwave weapon that operates at 95 gigahertz, which is just five um, gigahertz higher than the 24 to 90 gigahertz of, of 5G. With the dangers of 5G being so real, Francisco believes that the positives may outweigh the negative and that's why 5G is not being covered currently by public media. I think um, the people that are hiding the 5G waves are the media. They just promote the good things about 5G and kind of cover it up in propaganda. 5G waves, possibly the world's greatest weapon, possibly the world's best kept secret. So I watched about six to seven different videos about 5G waves and I watched this video that I cited in in my interview from uh, radiationhousericks.com and Dan from there he he really explained it in a way that made it seem real and I want your opinion Marcus Wyatt Give me, give me your opinion. What do you think of 5G waves? You know what? It, I don't think it's something I can get behind. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This one seems a little far-fetched to me. You know, I've been having, I've been using my iPhone now. It has 5G for like two or three years. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm feeling okay. Marcus, are, are you sure? Don't say that. <laughs> All right. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for joining us on the feed. We'll be back every single Friday at noon.